It's good to be here and uh, to be able to share with you what God is doing, uh, not only in my life, but my wife's and in our church. Uh, we're a family, and the family needs to know what uh, God is doing and God is saying. And uh, I'm so thankful that he gave me the strength this morning to come and just share with you. Now, I'm going to... Uh, share exactly where I am on the journey with my heart valve, but also now I'm going to share from God's Word a message that will really, if you'll take it to heart, it'll prepare you for any storm you ever go through. It'll prepare you for any trial that you ever face. It'll prepare you for any difficulty you ever encounter. I want you to open your Bible to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 15. Brother Joe's up here, and I told him if I any point along the journey, I couldn't uh, finish this, that he can take right up where I left off. So are you ready? I think I'm ready. Listen, I want you to know I love Joe Savage. Amen. Let's, let's tell him know how much we love him. I tell you, I love this guy. I don't have any problem being away from the family when I know that Brother Joe and Pam are here, and I know how much they love you, and I want you to love the Lord. So it gives me great courage and comfort to know that uh, God, God is in control, and that He is here to use Joe to, in these days where I have to go through a little uh, change of direction. You know, there's a verse, <clears throat> Proverbs sixteen nine. listen to it now. A man's heart plans his way. You can just make great plans. But listen to what it says. But the Lord directs his steps. So we make our plans, and as far as we know, they're God's plans. But then all of a sudden, God says, no, I got some other steps I want you to walk in. And so that's exactly where I am and where we are and my wife and I uh, we have plans. This was not part of my plans. Did you hear me? <laughs> but God is part of God's plans. And he will direct, direct our steps. I will tell you the, what we're going to be going through in a little bit. But you heard me say this many times. And I'm having to live this right now. And it's a lot easier said than done. Uh, Joe and I were talking back in, in, the, in the room. I said, Joe, <clears throat> this is right. Boy, it's easier to say than it is to do. And he said, amen. You know, how many times have you heard me say that it's not your circumstances? It is the way you respond to your circumstances that determine the condition of your life. Listen, it's not your circumstances. In fact, oftentimes, you cannot control the circumstances in your life and around you. But it's not your circumstances. It is the way you respond to your circumstances that determine the condition of your life. I'm going to share five things with you later on about how to, how to respond to your circumstances. I'm right there right now. And I'm... Praying for the Holy Spirit to help me and Anne to be able to do this. 
You know, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, uh, you, you're my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So we continue in his word, and we know the truth. And as we walk in that truth, he, he sets us free. And so we do not have to be overcome by our circumstances. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. He didn't say, I've come that you might have abundant life if you have good circumstances. He didn't say that. He said, regardless of your circumstances, I have come that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. It was uh, two weeks ago today that I... Uh, was here and preached on, uh, we had a great service, and I preached one of the a message that was one of the dearest to my heart, on the Lamb of God. It was on television this morning, on the Lamb of God. And I sensed God's presence in a great way. I had been noticing uh, that I didn't have as much breath as I'd had, but I wasn't alarmed about it. More, a little difficulty breathing, but wasn't overly concerned about it, really. But then on um, Wednesday, after that Sunday, I woke up Wednesday morning, and um, man, I, I could hardly breathe. I mean, just it just it's just extremely difficult to breathe. And I walked up steps to my den, to my study upstairs, and I had to sit in the chair. My heart was racing. And I said, this, 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 something's not right. Something's not right. I said, this, this is not good. And as the day progressed, the worse it got. So I got on the telephone and um, called my doctor. And he set up an appointment with Dr. Chernick, who's my heart doctor. And he said, well, what we're going to do is this. And, I, and you understand, I was having trouble breathing. This was Wednesday. And he said, well, we're going to set you up for two tests on Tuesday. Uh, nuclear stress test that we... Uh, are going to check the strength of the, how, how clear your arteries are, how strong your heart muscle. We're going to do a nuclear stress test, and we're going to do an echocardiogram to find out what's going on. Well, I went home, and I said, I ain't going to be here Tuesday. <laughs> Man, I couldn't breathe. And, and, and uh, some of our staff members said, you can't wait to Tuesday. So I called uh, my doctor. I said, look. I can't wait to Tuesday. So at 5.30, he got me set up for a CT scan over at Spring Hill Hospital on my, on my lungs. And the diagnosis was, you've got fluid on your lungs. Uh, where there's air sacs on your lungs, you've got fluid on your lungs. And that's the reason you can't breathe, and that's the reason you're short of breath. And said, now we've got to find out why you've got that on your lungs. He said, but what we're going to do is this. Uh, we're going to put you on Lasix. To help get rid of all that fluid on your lungs and, and potassium. How many of y'all have ever taken Lasix before? You, you stay close to the restroom is what you do. In fact, I may have to go, Joe. If you do, you come over. And I'll preach two minutes and then he'll come right back. Amen. We got it planned out. But Lasix gets the fluid off of you, and thank God for it. I never knew I'd thank God for being able to go to the restroom, but I'm telling you, it gets all the fluid off, and 
Uh, this morning I got up and I could, I could breathe and I could, uh, and I, I didn't know I'd be able to preach today, but I, I just was so glad. And I'm taking that Lasix. All right, well, then they did, they did uh, a fourth test. They did uh, the two heart tests, the one on Then I had one um, Wednesday, right after I had those two, and they went down to my esophagus uh, and did an echocardiogram, and they found out that the valve that they replaced in my heart, which, as you know, is a pig valve, and I've made a lot of fun and jokes about it, and I think the pig's having the last laugh. But anyway, <laughs> they said, your body has rejected. It's rejected the valve. Instead of being paper thin, it's about that thick. It's so thick it can't open. It's so thick it can't open, so it keeps pushing the blood back, and that keeps pushing the fluid on your lungs. Well, when he said that, I had already told Ann the day before. I said, I'm gonna, these two tests, my stress test is going to be fine, and it was great. My arteries are clear. My heart muscle's strong. There was a problem with the um, valve, but the, I said, let me just tell you one thing, and you just need to trust me. There's not going to be any surgery. There's going to be medicine. You know, have you ever been wrong, just plain flat wrong? She don't believe anything I say anymore. And he, I said to Dr. Gala, who did that esophageal uh, thing, I said, what are we going to do about it? He said, well, you've got to replace it. It's, it's thick. It ain't ever going to open. It ain't ever going to work. I said, come on, man. There's gotta be, come on, man. Said, There's got to be a. Uh, no, he said, I mean, there's no other way. I said, then I went to Dr. Chernick yesterday. He said, there's no other way you can do it. He said, this is very rare. It's very rare where your body rejects the valve. It's very rare. I said, well, but now here's the good news. Uh, since I had my surgery, by the way, eight months ago today, eight months ago today, I had my heart surgery. Since that time, they've got where they can do it robotically. And, that, that, and, and I'd heard about it before the first surgery, but it was not in Mobile. But Dr. Johnson, now, they have one robot, and, and, and what they do, they don't have to break your chest open. Now, let me just tell you right now, uh, if, they, if, if I thought they had to crack my chest open and go through all that again where they have to do all that stuff, I'd tell the Lord, I said, Lord, I mean, I'll just be honest with you. I, I can't handle that. I just can't. He said, well, you can sit in the chair. You want to as long as you want to. But, but they don't have to do that. I got one more test. If this artery is open, which I believe it is, they'll go through the side. Now, the doctor, David uh, Bullock, had robotic surgery on his myasthenia gravis. And they, the doctor sits over here in a room and works some kind of computer. And all you got in there with you is the robot. Would you pray for that robot? That's all. <laughs> I, I've never prayed for an inanimate object. But... Everybody says it's precision. It, it's, it's just absolutely awesome. Now, can you believe that they could go through my side up there, not only take the pig valve out, but then they're going to put, this time we're not going to go, we're going to put a mechanical valve. Now, how, how does this compare to the first surgery I had? Well, I'll just tell you how it compares. It's about as third as, uh, as uh, traumatic. Judd Williams had one, and he just came through it. I'm a lot healthier than Judd, and he came through it. He came through it fine, and uh, he's older than I am. 
And uh, so it's not near as invasive. The recovery time is much shorter. And the pain is much less. So uh, let's just pray that there'll be no hindrance to the proceeding with that uh, robotic surgery. And the date they're looking at, so you have to wait on the robot, you know. If, if, I wish I could get it d- done tomorrow, but you'd have to wait because it's only got one in Mobile, one doctor that does it. So uh, it'll either be the 1st of October, which is a week from Monday, or the 2nd or the 3rd. That's when they got, he's got the robot, and that's when. He, so we'll schedule it the 1st, 2nd, or the 3rd of November. And uh, hospital stay will be about, four, about a week, four or five days. Then you get home, and, and it's a much quicker recovery, much, much quicker recovery. Now, am I looking forward to it? No, but I tell you, I'm not, I like it better than the other choice. Amen? Well, so that, that's kind of what we're looking at. And so we'll just pray for Dr. Johnson, and we'll pray for everything to go well on the robotic surgery. And, uh, and, it, and it's not going to be near as difficult uh, as the other one was. And it'll be great. Right now, I'm, this is basically what I do. I get up and I, you know, take my lessics and uh, stay close to the restroom. And, and then uh, about 1 o'clock, I'm getting stir-crazy. And uh, I, Ann and I drive somewhere and, and eat, spend a couple hours, come back home, sit in the chair until I go to bed. Because really, I can't, you know, to, to exert myself, to, to any type of exertion, I just can't do it. Now, that's, that's a helpless feeling. I didn't even feel like that way before I had my first surgery. But now, so you know what the situation is. We're going to get it done, God willing, next, not this Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday, but the next. And it'll be much, not near as severe as the other one. And everything should go well. should really be. Now, all right, here's the deal. I want to talk to you. How do you respond when you make your plans, but God has other plans? And the circumstances do not appear to be good at all. How do you respond to that? Let me tell you how I've responded. Uh, First thing I responded was, man, I I was uh, disappointed. Because I said, I am glad I have that behind me. And I'll never have to go through that again. Well, I'm not. But I tell you, I was absolutely disappointed. And secondly, and Ann was disappointed. And then, man, I was just discouraged. I said, you know, I don't need this. I, Lord, I don't need this. I'm just telling you, I don't need this. I got other plans. We, our church is doing well. Uh, uh, we coming along with our building. Lord, I, I just, uh, I, I just, this is not a part of my, not my plan. So, so you go through disappointment. You go through discouragement. And then you have a certain amount of fear. It just goes through your mind. Now, fear is only bad if you receive it, but it's real. And so here I was going through disappointment and discouragement and fear, and I was fighting it and all this stuff, but still, I was just struggling. I, I was just struggling. And then I, 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 you, you, go, you, get, you get, anx, get anxiety. Well, you know, they hadn't been using that robot long and all that kind of stuff, you know. You just, you just get anxious. And let me just tell you one thing. Everybody in this room who has difficult circumstances, man, you know what it is to have disappointment. You know what it is to have discouragement. You know what it is to have fear and anxiety. I mean, you just know. 
You, you just know what it's like. It's not that you don't love Jesus. It's not that you don't believe the Bible. It's not that you don't try to obey God. But sometimes you just don't, you, you just, it's just hard to pray. But see, you can't stay there. You can't stay there. Because if our faith doesn't work in difficult circumstances, then, then it's not genuine faith. The Bible says in Peter, the trying of your faith being much more precious than gold tried in the fire may be to the praise and glory and honor of Jesus when he comes. See, the real test of our faith is not when uh, the surgery was successful and we don't ever have to go through it again. And, 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 but no, the real test of our faith is when saying, hey, the, your body rejected the valve. You've you got to have another one. Boy, that, 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 that takes it out of, uh, uh, that, that puts you in, in a situation of circumstances that you hadn't planned. And so how do you respond? How do you overcome your circumstances and not let them overcome you? Now, I'm doing this, and I'm making progress. You say, Brother Fred, uh, are you having absolute victory? Are you totally confident? Are you, are you full speed ahead? No, not really. I'm somewhere. I'm not sure where I'm at, you know, but I'm somewhere. But I know one thing, I know what I'm going to do between now and when this is all behind us as a church. If you look in 1 Thessalonians 5, there are five things, and I'm, not, I'm just going to mention them briefly. I, I, that's all I'm going to do. But I'm going to tell you, this is, what, um, this, is where I'm gonna, this is where I'm going to live. My wife and I, she has been a great source of encouragement to me. She's been a great source of strength to me. Uh, she said, now, you, 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 it's, it's fine for you to get people to pray for you, but you better get people to pray for me because I'm about to go under. Now, that didn't help me to her. <laughs> but at least I know where she is. You understand? <laughs> I said, well, just, we're not going under. We can't go under. We're not going to do it. Now, I want you to look at, at these um, five verses. And this is how you deal with difficult circumstances. By the way, we've got a lot of people in our church that have far more difficult circumstances than I have. I mean, some, I mean, I'm telling you, we're going to pray for them at the end of this service. But we got some people, I'm telling you, boy, they, and what I'm going through is mild compared to some of the battles they're fighting. And probably mild to some of the battles you're fighting that I don't know about. But notice what it says in verse 15, and, and this is just a passing verse. I'm going to deal with it. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. Don't get even. Don't get revenge. And I said, well, don't get angry at the doctor. He did a good job. But he, didn't, he had no control over that valve. Do not render evil for evil to anyone. Forgive. Accept. But always pursue what is good, both for yourself and your others. And I've always interpreted that mean, to mean that you're to walk in forgiveness. If you don't render evil for evil, if you don't get even, then you forgive. But then, here's the next verse that this is where I'm moving to right now. And I'm getting close to this. Rejoice always. Okay? First surgery didn't work. The valve rejected, my body rejected the valve. Or the valve rejected my body. It doesn't matter. Okay, so what am I going to do? Be discouraged, disappointed, 
anxious, afraid. No, he said here, rejoice when the first surgery is successful. That is not what he says. You know what he says? Rejoice always. It doesn't say rejoice when the growth they took out was benign. It says rejoice always. It says rejoice always. So I'm going to talk to you about that. And then the next verse is not hard to do. <laughs> Pray without ceasing. Oh, yeah. It's, this will enlarge your prayer life. I want you to know that. It'll enlarge your prayer life. Pray without ceasing. But now look at the next verse. Rejoice always. Lord, it's kind of hard where I'm at right now. Pray without ceasing. I, I can understand that, Lord. That's where my strength comes from. In everything, give thanks. Now, Lord, I got, I got to be thankful in this. I, not, not just saying it with words, but I got to get to the place where I'm just thankful. I'm just thankful in the middle of this. Just thankful. For this is the will of God for us to be thankful in Christ Jesus. So we got to be thankful. And for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And then verse 19, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Now see, if you don't rejoice and pray and have a thankful heart in difficult circumstances, guess what you do? You, you quench the Holy Spirit uh, that, 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 is, uh, that is in you, that is the one that speaks to you and ministers to you and leads you. And, and so... Let's think at these. All right, first of all, it says here, uh, verse 15 is walk in forgiveness. Now, some of you may have circumstances that you're not ever going to get beyond them till you forgive the person that hurt you and broke your heart. Now, you just might as well face that. Forgiveness does not mean approval. Forgiveness is painful, and that's why it's hard. But the Bible says God has forgiven you, and therefore, by the grace of God, you're to forgive others. And so some of you are mired in difficult circumstances because you've been hurt, you've sensed rejection, you've got some bitterness, and you can't let go of it. Well, let me tell you right now, you're not going to get any further than you are, and you're not going to glorify God until you make a choice. Forgiveness is not an emotion. It is a deliberate choice. And so you're not going to get any further in your circumstance. And you're not going to overcome until you say, Jesus, you live in me. You are the one who is forgiveness. And Lord Jesus, let your forgiveness become a reality in me. And you enable me to forgive any person. And, and, and Lord, even though I don't approve, I forgive them. I cancel the debt. I cut the cord. I let them go. I'm, I'm not going to be bound uh, by unforgiveness. Well, I tell you what I've made a choice to do. I forgive the pig. I just forgive him. <laughs> now, why didn't his valve work? It's rare when it doesn't work. He, you know what he said? You don't need to forgive me. It wasn't my choice. <laughs> well, anyway, it's a whole lot more serious than that, okay? But now, rejoice always. All right, verse 16, rejoice always. Okay. 
I said, now, Lord, and boy, this was hard. I didn't get there for about three days. It took me three days. And then I, I still got to keep working on it. Lord, I rejoice that uh, you're allowing me to go through this. And I rejoice that you're going to trust me in this by your spirit to respond the right way. Because if he doesn't enable you, you won't respond the right way. So rejoice, Lord. Well, I rejoice that you allow me to go through it. I rejoice that you're going to give me the power of the Holy Spirit to respond to this in the right way. And, and, and then let me tell you the verse that really helps you. You take that verse and you join, uh, join it with Philippians 4.4, 4, which says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Verse 16 says, rejoice always. Okay, Lord, I'm rejoicing in you. And then I go to Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And so I'm rejoicing in the Lord. I'm rejoicing in him. Do I, do I, let me, let me ask you, tell you one thing about this. Aren't you glad that the spirit of God is greater than your emotions? Aren't you glad of that? See, you, you can't trust your emotions in a situation like this. But you see, God never intended for us. Now, this is very important. God never intended for us to be controlled by our emotions. He intended for the Holy Spirit within us to control our emotions. And the Holy Spirit will produce love, joy, and peace. You can't trust your emotions in this. You rejoice in the Lord and you ask the Holy Spirit to produce in you the love and the joy that is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So you respond to your circumstances by forgiveness and by rejoicing. All right, verse 17, you pray without ceasing, you just pray. Sometimes you don't feel like praying. One thing I found when you're not getting enough oxygen and you can't breathe deep, you're not getting enough oxygen, you don't get enough oxygen to your brain. You say, you've always had that problem. I have not. <laughs> but if you don't get enough oxygen to your brain, you, you just, you're confused and you, and you forget where you put something and you go somewhere in a room looking for something and went, forget why you went in there. You say, Brother Fred, I do that all the time. Well, I can't help you with that. You understand? <laughs> but you, you really do find it difficult to pray because of confusion. And because of oppression, the devil will oppress you. But then you just make yourself pray. I didn't do, yesterday was Saturday. And so Friday, I, I didn't do too good praying. But I made up my mind. I got up Saturday. I said, I ain't doing a thing but pray till one o'clock. And so I got in the chair where it's going to go. And, and I just, just, just prayed. Didn't pray out loud. I didn't have the breath to pray out loud. But I just prayed. I prayed not just about me. I prayed for you. I prayed for our church. I prayed for... And see, that, you know, that our strength comes when we talk to the Father. And the Father talks to us. And so let me just say, some of you have very difficult circumstances. And let me tell you what you're going to do about them. Exactly what I've been dealing with. You're going to worry about it or you're going to pray about it. Now, if you worry about it, it'll drain you, it'll rob you, 
It, it'll make it 10,000 times worse. Listen to me. The Bible does not say worry without ceasing. It says pray without ceasing. So I don't know what your circumstances are. And see, this, this message, it's for me and Ann. But no, I, I'm telling you, it, it's for everybody in this room right now. I'm telling you, some of you are in very difficult circumstances. Some a whole lot worse than I'm going through. And I'm just telling you, you have got to walk in forgiveness. And you've got to rejoice in the Lord. You've got to get your eyes on Jesus. You've got to focus on him. And you've got to say, Lord Jesus, by your spirit, produce in me joy and peace. Don't let my emotions control me. Don't let disappointment, discouragement drive me under. But that's, the Bible doesn't say the fruit of the Spirit is disappointment and discouragement. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. And so you just pray and, and, and you ask God. And so the, the, the next thing is you just pray. And, and look at number four. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. When I went to get this test, uh, the, the first two, I had to go back there and and this, I, I'd like to show you the blue spots on my arm. I, you know, everybody's shown me theirs. I, y'all need to see mine. You understand? Where they put those needles in there. I'm cutting up. But you know, but anyway, the lady that was uh, taking the blood out of my arm, she, I said, well, this is a hard place. I, but I'm, 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 I'm trying to be thankful in it. Sometimes I... Tell the Lord I'm thankful. and I don't know if I really am or not, but I, I tell him anyway. And she didn't know what to think. <laughs> but, you know, I choose and you choose. We've got a choice. We can murmur and complain. And I've done some of that. Oh, I have. But I asked for forgiveness. I didn't stay there very long. You say, Brother Fred, you murmured and complained. What are you looking at me that way for? I know you. You ain't no different than I am. Is anybody here that never murmurs and complains? Well, at least you tell the truth. That's good. But you get beyond that and you say, no, Lord, I want to thank in everything. Financial trouble, marital trouble, trouble with your children. Health trouble in everything, in everything, in everything, even the replacing of a valve that you thought you'd never have to mess with again, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I really don't believe this um, message today is about me at all. I've got to live here. And by your prayers and the grace of God, I will, I will walk in forgiveness. And by the grace of God in your prayers, I will rejoice. I'll pray and I'll be thankful. God will give me the grace and your prayers will sustain me. In it, and it will sustain Anne. She needs your prayers. But I really believe it's for you. Because I found this out. You're either going into difficult circumstances. You're either in difficult circumstances. Or you're coming out of difficult circumstances. 
You say, well, I'm looking forward to the day when I never have any difficult circumstances. Well, when we all get to heaven. <laughs> right? So listen, it's for you. And I pray that you'll ask the Holy Spirit. You know, one thing I love so much about Job, and I don't know how much he's ever shared with you, but uh, Job's, Job's been through some dark circumstances, some difficult circumstances. You don't even need to know what they are. Had nothing to do with sin. But he, I'm telling you, I mean, I know he has walked through the valley. But you know, praise God. You still got a smile on your face. You're still serving Jesus. Amen. Amen. And uh, I told him, we were in the, in the room talking, and, and I said, Joe, I said, sometimes you just say things to the Lord. He said, sometimes you holler at him. <laughs> right? <laughs> God had one son without sin. He has no sons or daughters without suffering. None. So it's not your circumstances. It is the way you respond to your circumstances that determine the condition of your life. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? I feel impressed of the Lord that we need to pray um, for some people today. And I didn't mention this to them, but um, first of all, let me say that I received a phone call from Dottie McCord, and many of you know her, many of you don't know her, but she's been through about six months of chemotherapy, and the doctor did a PET scan, and she is, praise the Lord, cancer-free, praise the Lord. And she said, Brother Fred, she was crying, she said, Will you tell the church for me? Thank them for their prayers. And I'm cancer-free. I said, Dottie, praise God. And I'll share that with the church. But right now, we've got some of our people that um, are in dire circumstances. And we, we really need to pray for them. We, we need to. Um. We all know the battle uh, that Arthur Johnson is fighting. A severe, intense physical battle. We know that uh, Bodine is in the sixth or seventh week in the hospital. Fighting a severe, severe battle. We know that uh, Wanda is fighting a severe health issue and a health problem. That Charlotte Hodges has been fighting this battle for many, 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 a number of years. Herman Bedwell, last time I saw him, he, for the first time, showed signs of discouragement. Because he just said, Brother Fred, it just, the pain is real, I can't get beyond it. And so there's so many uh, uh, I'm thinking of her, her, her first name, Koch. Um, Francis Koch, fighting severe, severe illness. Billy Flowers, senior. I mean, many, and with many of these folks, a few of these folks, it's life-threatening. 
And so, man, we, we, you know, there's one thing Paul kept saying to the people, pray for me, that I'd have utterance. Pray for me. Pray for me. He said, you prayed for Epaphroditus and, and God healed him. And I'm glad he's going to be able to come and see you because he was near death for the gospel's sake. And so we, we just need to pray. Let, let me ask you this. Um, I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to show me how to do this. Um, First of all, this morning, if you're in the place of difficult, real, real difficult circumstances, whether it be health, finances, marriage, children, job, but you say, Brother Fred, uh, I've, I've been going through disappointment and discouragement and fear and anxiety. Hey, that's not where God wants you to stay. No, he doesn't want you to stay. Uh, if you feel like, have the liberty, and you feel like it, you feel have the liberty to do so, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to come and just uh, either stand here at the front or kneel here. And... Uh, and we're going to pray for you. If you don't have the liberty to, to come down front and let us pray for you, um, then we'll pray for you at your seat. So I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to give any of those who have the liberty to come and say, uh, I want you to pray for me. And I'm going to be down here with you right here in this chair because I'm in difficult circumstances and I need prayer. And my wife, I'm going to ask Ann to come and stand down here because she's in difficult circumstances and she needs for you to pray for her. So if you, if you have difficult circumstances you're in right now and you want us to pray for you, we just quickly stand up and come to the altar and we'll pray for you right now. Okay? Would you just make your way? If you don't have the liberty to come and stand, I'll ask you to do something in your seat in a moment. You can kneel or you can just stand. Father, you said in your word, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Lord Jesus, you said to me and to everyone standing in this altar, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. You said through your servant Paul, cast all your care on me, 
because I care for you. Lord, we're family. We love each other. When one member of this body suffers, every one of us suffers. When one member of our body goes through a trial, we all go through a trial. And Lord, I want to thank you for the love and the unity and the oneness that is in this body.